This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Finding Your Bliss with host Judy Liebrach, heard every Saturday at 1 p.m. on Zoomer Radio. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Finding Your Bliss, the show that helps you find and follow your bliss. I'm Judy Liebrach, and today I'm delighted to tell you that our celebrity guest is one of Canada's most recognizable TV personalities and hosts. And of course, that is Canadian media icon, Rick Campanelli. Before, Oh, my goodness. Wow. Oh, gosh. I wasn't expecting those nice words. Judy, too good to me. Before we meet him, let me tell you a little bit more about Rick Campanelli. After spending nearly a decade with Much Music as one of their most popular hosts, Rick made the leap from the nation's music station to ET Canada, where he covered many of the world's most glamorous events from the Golden Globes to the Oscars. Rick also co-hosted Z103.5's morning show, where he dug into local and global headlines, as well as exciting entertainment news always. Whether creating custom digital content or hosting media events, Rick brings his natural charm, good looks, I have to tell you because I'm seeing him, and wit to everything he does. Rick's on-air career started after winning the 1994 Much Music Temp Contest. In fact, Erica M., who has been a guest many times in the show, was the one who awarded him that prize that day. Yes, yeah, that's right. I remember right. that, actually. Yeah, she had that entry right in front of she her. She had that entry. Never forget that day. <laughs> His boyish charm and easygoing upfront style quickly made him a fan favorite of viewers from coast to coast. From his flying leap off a jagged cliff with Sean Paul, to his dive out of an airplane with the Foo Fighters to the pounding he took from pro wrestler Kane, his willingness to go the extra mile speaks volumes about his work ethic and dedication. After nearly 10 loyal years at Much Music, Campanelli joined the revered Entertainment Tonight brand with the launch of ET Canada into the Canadian marketplace. He co-hosted that program for 12 years, which is like a hundred years in in Hollywood. I don't know, that's a very long time. He also (laughs) co-hosted Food Network's Canada's The Incredible Food Race, a Mm family-oriented series where he presided over exciting cook-off challenges. A busy father, Free Rick, has also been involved with several charitable organizations, including World Vision Canada, Big Brothers, Big Sisters, McMaster's Children's Hospital in Hamilton, which of course is Rick's hometown, and the Kids Help Phone. Rick Campanelli, what an honor to have you here. Welcome to Finding Your Bliss. Judy, thank you so much. All those words were so special. And to hear it from someone like you, a true pro, like, wow, you brought me back to the days where I used to do all that stuff. Like, yes, that's instantly. right. That's right. Now I'm not as busy <laughs> because I'm a freelancer and I don't have a steady gig, but oh, the good old days, Judy, the good old days. Well, they're, I think they're back bigger than ever. And we're yeah. going to get into that actually with this first thing, which is You really, Rick, have been introducing new music and delivering entertainment news, telling stories, and really bringing smiles to audiences all across Canada and Uh around the world for many years now. And so before we get into some of the highlights of what I'd have to call as a dazzling career, I want to start Mm -hmm. this interview by talking about your new passion project, a podcast called Everything's Temporary, where you're going to cover trending topics and entertainment news. It sounds so exciting. 
But there's an exciting hook to all of this. You're also looking for a co-host for Everything's Temporary, and you're (laughs) asking for people to send in videos so that you can choose your co-host, and you'll tell us about the hashtag. Yeah. But this must be a really exciting full circle moment for you because this is exactly how you started on Much Music in <laughs> yes. 1994. So how brilliant. Can you tell us about your brand new venture, Everything's Temporary, and how people can audition to be a co-host? What a cool idea. Most definitely. Yeah, Judy. Well, thank you for, for bringing that up. My goodness. Right. That's another thing on my list to do, the Everything's Temporary podcast. I've been talking about um, doing this for many years now. I've always put it on the back burner. I've been working with a team out of Montreal who I do other work with, and they came to me saying, well, listen, Rick, when are we going to hear your podcast? When are we going to get something from you? I go, there's a lot of podcasts out there. <laughs> we have enough podcasts, don't you think? Yeah, but we don't have the Rick Campanelli podcast. And it got me thinking, it's, it's true. It's true. It's true. I don't know if there's another Rick Campanelli out there. Maybe it's a, it's a big <laughs> world with 8 billion people. There could be, but it is about time. You know, I love doing this stuff. I don't do it as often anymore because Every day of my life, well, for 11 years, I was on Much Music. Every day of my life, for 12 years, I was on ET Canada. So that's 23 years right now. I do miss doing what I did back in the day, Judy. There's no doubt about that. Now I'm a freelancer. I've been a freelancer in that world for six years now, since 2017. And it's a cool, exciting world as well. You don't know what's going to happen next. You don't know what the next project is going to be. So I do need something a little more... Mm, steady and regular. And I think by doing a podcast will give me that. Awesome. And then searching, because I, I love to play off someone. I need a co-host. I, I think I've always worked better with a co-host and on my own, it's not my strength. Okay. Because I need, I need someone <laughs> to have fun with, to throw things off of. So give me a co-host. So yes, this is bringing me back now to all those days (laughs) during that search, the VJ search, the temp contest, whatever you want to call it. But yeah, we're looking for a co-host for the show. It's been a long process. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. We started this like a couple months ago, but then it got, it sort of got hijacked by this much music cross Canada tour that has been keeping us busy. Now that the tour is over, we're going to be focusing back again on the Everything's Temporary Podcast search for my next co-host. We do have four out of the five finalists picked and ready to go. We just have to let Canada know who they are and still searching for that one last person to fill that last seat before we narrow it down from five to one. So uh, that'll hopefully be happening before Christmas, if not early in the new year. Awesome. Well, I'm so excited and we'll definitely make the announcement on the show when you make your announcement in our Bliss News because it's just fabulous. And of course, the hashtag is pick me Rick. So hashtag, I love that. (laughs) So cute. For our listeners who aren't aware of this, and I think you'd have to be living under a rock to not know this, but Rick was a very popular VJ on Much Music from 1994 to 2005. And of course, Much Music was a product of its time in an era where you couldn't get access to music and music videos on demand like you can now with music and video streaming. So it really was a, a very important unifying link for connecting kids from coast to coast, from Vancouver to St. John's. And Rick, you were a very big part of this, I would say at the height of its popularity. And I'd love to go back with our audience to those early days when you auditioned for much, just like you're asking people to audition for (laughs) your new show. 
you inherited the nickname that, that has stuck, Rick the Tenth. Can you? I won't be able to shake that one. <laughs> never. That's 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 a keeper. <laughs> Can you take us back to when you first found out that yeah. you won the 1994 yes. Much Music Temp contest, and you finally walked into those doors at Queen Street West oh. to begin your dream yes. career? And as I mentioned earlier, Erica was the one who made the announcement. So there's a whole history with you and Erica M. But what was yeah. that like? I can't even imagine what a heady experience it was. Well, before I tell you the story, I've got to thank, well, you know him just as well as I do, Moses Neimer, who started Much Music with John Martin all those years ago. They had a vision, they had their ideas, and if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you today because Much Music was that station as a young Canadian who loved music, who lived music, who breathed it, I would tune in religiously to Much Music, the station that Moses and John created. They had that vision to, you know, compete with what was going on in the States with MTV. Well, we need something up here in Canada. So I tuned into Much Music all the time. They had this contest. It started in the mid-90s to be a temp for the summer at Much Music. It first started in 93, I entered that time, but my entry was terrible. It was like on a piece of paper and I faxed it in. So <laughs> right there, kids, you got to put a little bit more effort into, <laughs> into your entries. So the next year in 94, I remember it vividly. I was writing my exams for university. I came home. I was studying for my exams, but I put my studies on hold because I wanted to create the ultimate entry, something that would really catch their eye of the Much Music Brass, the judges. So I remember I went into my parents' basement in Hamilton for two weeks. (laughs) I focused on my entry and I created it. It was a huge banner that was like 50 (laughs) yards long. I I airbrushed the statement. We had 25 words or less that year to explain to the brass why we would be the perfect temp. And then at the end of it all, I created this huge M-shaped box that I sent my entry in on. And that was it. It was out of my hands. It was in to much music. And then the next thing I know, I tuned in on the day when they were making the special announcement. And there was Erica M., friend of your show. Erica M. had my entry in front of her. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm, at, I'm back at home on, on the couch now watching. You know, my exams were over with. Uh, I don't know if I passed or failed, but I didn't matter because what Erica was about to announce changed my life. She said, this is the winner, the winning entry of the 1994 temp contest. And Judy, let me tell you that it changed my life. I'm getting goosebumps right now. Just taking myself back to that moment. That was 30 years ago. That was close to 30 years ago. It'll be 30 years next summer. So that's that story. And then once you get a foot into that door of this magical TV wonderland that was much music, you're going to run with it and you're not, you don't want it to end. So Ugh. I parlayed position after position behind the scenes, obviously part-time work, volunteer work, intern work. I parlayed that all into getting on air one day. I made it, I made it work. Yeah. And, and you're, you're a natural. You do. You have the boyish oh, charm and, and you're gorgeous. Oh, yeah. He's absolutely gorgeous for those of you. Well, well, you look I, at, you look just, at all our, our, oh. our promotion for the show. You'll see him. And, oh. and when you finally went on air, because I always remember Erica's story about that she, you know, JD, and she just froze for a moment. What was it like <laughs> that first day when the cameras were rolling and it was you're up at base? Well, it was it was a very uncomfortable day. I lacked <laughs> the confidence. Yeah. I lacked everything. I was a phys ed grad, and I was going <laughs> to teach kids how to kick a soccer ball <laughs> and, and throw throw a basketball through a hoop. I was ready to be a teacher, like my older siblings, and to get thrown on television. Wow. 
you know, nationwide television, it was really intimidating. And, you know, you're in this studio, we got all, you got all these people around you who are practically strangers. It was tough. And, and like Erica will tell you, at least Erica knew who the people were. And I sort of knew who they were too, because I was doing all these part-time jobs. So I got to know everybody around yes. me, which made me feel a little bit more comfortable. But when that light came on, on that camera, I knew that there were a lot more people on that other side of that lens yes. watching who yes. had no idea who they were, but I knew they were music fans. But no, no, it took me a good year, if not a year and a half, to build up my confidence, to build up my comfort level, just to be there. But yeah, those first months were rough. Wow. And I, I think they would be rough for anybody coming from where I was coming from into that world. Like, wow. I think anyone would be going through the, that transition too of getting the hang of it, getting on that bike and riding that bike pretty smooth. And um, it just takes time, like anything. Like, you have practice makes perfect. And no matter how many times I messed up or screwed up, Denise, Moses, all the good people at Much Music, they let you blossom. Yes. They gave you time to develop and become what they saw already before hiring. Do you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Like, they didn't just they had get the rid vision. of you right away. Yeah, they, they knew. They had a vision. Yeah, and they, and they trusted they that knew. vision. They were confident in that vision. Yeah. And it didn't matter how long. So you're the youngest of four. I can't even imagine yeah. your family watching that first day because this, you know, oh, that must have been there watching live, right? This wasn't like... They were all... They were, they were so excited. They were very, very proud of the youngest in the family. <laughs> but one thing they kept saying was, well, you do have a last name and it's Campanelli. Can you start using your last name? I go, mom, dad, we got to go with Rick the Temp for now. Because <laughs> that's what people know. Give it a few years and we'll start bringing in King Mia as Campanelli. <laughs> that's fabulous. I love that. I love that. But no, it was, it was good times. I, I think about those first days quite often. They hold a special place in my heart, those memories. You were there for 11 years. So yes. you, you watched the early days of Steve Anthony and Mike Williams yeah. and Erica M, who we've talked about, and, and yeah. you're, you're, you're interviewing, you're spending a decade interviewing like the people that you've admired, that you've been like yeah. a fan of, everyone yeah. from the Red Hot Chili Peppers to the Foo Fighters, Sync, Beyonce. Is there an interview yeah. that stands? I know you're probably always asked this, but one that still, when you remember it, gives you the goosies or the tingles when you think about it. Yeah, you know... Uh... There were a ton of bands that came through there, a ton of artists that came through there. I was, I'm a fan, first and foremost, of music, of film, of TV. You know, when John Travolta came in for the first time, because at a later date, we were starting to bring in actors now. I know it's not related to music at all, but he did Saturday Night Fever. Absolutely. He did. <laughs> so when John Travolta came in for that first time at Much, I was given the assignment to interview him for that live at Much, and I grew up with Vinnie Barbarino. I'm a Welcome Back Cotter fan through and through. I loved all of Travolta's early work before he became a mega superstar around the world. But when, when Travolta came in, I, there was something about that. It's like, I'm interviewing John Travolta. Wow. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. In terms of a band now, when we're talking much music, yeah, I think it would have been the Red Hot Chili Peppers for me. Like, I just grew up admiring this band. But when all four of them came into the environment for the first time ever, it was a special moment. Wow. Uh, wow. And, and, and I'll never forget. That was close to 20 years ago now when that interview happened. That was like... Oh. Yeah, that was actually just maybe 20, 21 years ago now. It was like 2002, I believe, that month. Oh, but my yeah, God. Good times. We're, we're going to get to the film soon because I, I, I'm the film, I almost feel, has a whole other story within a story, which is you going oh, to every single stop. 
every single time we're going to get to it. Sean Menard's <laughs> groundbreaking documentary, yeah. 299 Queen Street West, that you star in along with Erica and with, uh, with all 10 DJs. I, I want to go back to, for a minute, Britney Spears' lavender bedroom on her tour bus. Do you okay. remember that? What was that like? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 you know, doing a job as a VJ, you you get to visit artists on their tour buses. Yes, it's their home away from home, as you know, when they're on the road, when they're on tour. So yeah, I went on to Britney's bus a couple of times. <laughs> she welcomed me on her bus. Eminem welcomed me on his bus. Insync welcomed me on their bus. Ugh. Slipknot, all sorts of bands and artists, because. That's where a lot of interviews took place. You know, if you're going to meet them somewhere in a city or wherever it was, well, you went to their tour bus or did the interviews behind backstage. So yeah, Brittany, Brittany was always so sweet, Judy, you know, and I haven't seen Brittany in many years. Most of my Brittany interviews were done when I was at Much Music. In her early days, the innocent Britney, the sweet Britney. Yes. Well, we know what happened to Britney along the way, the, the poor thing. And, yes. um, you know, I always loved interviewing Britney and chatting, having conversation with Britney. I call it interview, but it was always a conversation with Britney. And she was always so much fun. And we had, we always had amazing times together, whether it was at 299 Queen West, in her tour bus, <laughs> in a hotel room, doing a junket with her, wherever it was, it was it was fun times. Did you ever get tongue-tied? Like, I, I know when you met Jennifer Aniston, you, you talked about how she was so gorgeous <laughs> and so hot. You were like, oh my God, I don't even know where to start. I, I, <laughs> I, I locked eyes with Jennifer Aniston. I, okay, I have to talk now. <laughs> Now it's time to talk, Rick. Okay, get the questions out. But, so funny. But with Britney, I think it was different with me, with Britney, and with the, with all the other artists that we were a part of their development in a way. Like we were there when they were just breaking into the world of music or acting or whatever it was. The Britneys, the Avril Lavines, a, a lot of these bands came to much music first to talk about their projects. They weren't these like global phenomenons, you know? Sure, sure. Um, so when it came to my interview with Aniston on the red carpet, it's like, okay, Jennifer Aniston <laughs> is a global phenomenon already. And yes. now I have to have a conversation <laughs> with her. It's like, what? <laughs> but yeah, I'm putting that into context, that one. Yeah. Exciting. But you're a daredevil. You're jumping out of planes. Oh, yeah. You're doing all this. Stuff. So that's just something that you probably, you love that energy and that excitement, right? It was a bit of a I, trip, right? I do love the adrenaline rush. I've always been that way. Since having my boys, I'm sort of like, you know, <laughs> straying away from that world yes. because, I, you know, back then I took chances. I did things, especially for the camera, yes. which my producers always said, oh, it's going to get a lot of good, good ratings. <laughs> it's going to get a lot of good viewership. So let's do it. All right. Uh, but no, after having kids, you sort of pull back a bit and let all the younger ones who are the daredevils of the day take over in that world. Absolutely. But I love to do that stuff. So we talked about Erica and I, what I love about that is that you watched her every day after school. Then yeah. now you go and she announces the winner and it's you. And then in 1994, yeah. as yeah. you enter, she's she was beginning her exit. Yeah. She'd been there for many, many years. Yeah. She was on her way yeah. out. She was in you know, the generation before. And now you meet up again for yeah. the most exciting thing. And as you know, I've had Sean Menard on this show. And of course, yes. Erica talking about it. And Erica. But the groundbreaking documentary, 299 Queen Street West, I was in the audience that night. For the oh, first Roy Thompson Hall. Oh, great, Judy. Sitting beside Amy Sky, Liz West, we talked uh, about earlier, was a row to my right. Uh, and I will amazing. never forget that heady, exciting, 
thrilling. Yeah. Talk about goosebumps, feeling yeah. of nostalgia, feeling of elation oh. that was felt. And this was a very celebrity kind of driven audience that first night you went on the tour yeah. All across Canada. So not only did you see the film, I'm sure all those times, but you were part of the, yeah. the intimate and interactive with everyone yes. from Strombo to Michael Williams to, to you name yeah. it to Erica to Monica. Yeah. yeah. First of all, you were the only one. So I wanted to just ask you. I, let, let's go back to that first night of seeing yeah. the film that you were yeah. part of for that first time. What was oh, that Judy. like for you? Don't answer that just yet. We're gonna go on a short commercial break, more with celebrated TV host Rick Campanelli when we come back, back in a moment. Finding Your Bliss is brought to you by CREATE, Canada's leading fertility center for over 25 years. CREATE is here for anyone struggling with infertility or in need of assisted reproductive technology to have children. CREATE is about cutting-edge science from highly skilled doctors. In unprecedented times like these, CREATE is about ensuring the safety of all patients and staff. CREATE has made important changes to protect you by ensuring social distancing, wearing masks, as well as screening before entering. So what about the bundle of joy that you've been hoping would come into your family? CREATE Fertility Center is here for you. Visit createivf.com to keep up with the latest changes and learn about CREATE Fertility Center's comprehensive care for every fertility journey. Keep safe and healthy during these challenging days, remembering that life is about moments that we create together. We are back, and this is Finding Your Bliss on Zuma Radio, AM 740. And just before the break, Rick, I was asking you about what it was like watching 299 Queen Street West for the first time. I saw it for the first time with Sean in Texas at oh, South by Southwest. Yes, that's right. That's yeah. right. Because he, he got offered to show his film at one of the most popular film festivals out there, South by Southwest in Austin. The way they do it down there in the Lone Star State, it was absolutely fantastic to be down there with all, all of our American friends. Seeing it on the big screen for the first time was a roller coaster of emotions yes. and nostalgia, of course. Yes. I laughed and I cried. Yes. And it's a music documentary. You don't do that in music documentaries. <laughs> I cried. I cried because the moments and the clips that Sean had chosen, not just mine, but Erica's and Steve's and Michael Michael's and mm. everybody's, Christopher's, I, I watched those moments live when they were going on back in the 80s. So, and I'm a super nostalgia freak. I love everything about the good old days. So no, it was quite moving. It was quite moving in Austin, Texas. And then fast forward to September of this past year in Toronto for the Canadian premiere at this gorgeous legendary hall, Roy Thompson yes. Hall, with like so many people. I couldn't believe how many people were out there yes, that night. Packed. But it, it's just a testament to how much of an impact much music this institution had on all of us, yes. on all of us as yes. young Canadians and young people and older Canadians growing up, you know, uh, in this country. So it was quite spectacular. It was very special, very special. And you were the only one that went to every single destination <laughs> across Canada. I just find it fascinating because you started <laughs> off much music coast to coast, then ET Canada as one of the most beloved hosts, you were coast oh. to coast. And now here you yes. are again, this time oh, in right. person, right? Right. Going coast to coast to every major city across yeah. the country, ending in Winnipeg two oh. days ago on the 27th, if I'm not mistaken. 
Well, I unfortunately missed out on the Winnipeg show. I had something come up last minute that I needed to do in Toronto. So yes. I would have made a perfect, what, 13 for 13. <laughs> score. But, uh, and it had to be the last show yes. that I missed. Yes. But yeah, unfortunately, I didn't make the Winnipeg show. But my understudy, the director of music operations, Dave Kynes, filled in. Uh, <laughs> I joined with the understudy. And Strombo uh, was yeah. at the Vancouver one. Yes. Strombo was in Vancouver. He surprised all of us. Um, But all VJs have been making an appearance across, you know, Monica has been a part of it. Erica has been a part of it. Bill Wilichka was in Edmonton and in Hamilton and Toronto, obviously. Ed the Sock will make an appearance on video asking questions. (laughs) Uh, Michael Williams has been to most of them as well. But it's, it's special on a number of fronts. Like, it's special to me because I got to travel the country with my heroes, like Erica, and Michael, I watch them. I watch them all the time. Yes. And now I'm getting to become their friends and yes. we're going out and we're having dinner together and yes. we're going out afterwards for you know a drink together to celebrate <laughs> yes. Sean's accomplishments. Oh. So I, they started as my icons and my idols and now they're friends as so well. Cool. So that's quite special. The other point, Judy, is going across the country and getting to meet the people face-to-face who have come out to support a project like this, I wasn't going to miss that. Yes. Like people came out to support this project, Sean's and Molly's project, a project that meant so much to them. I'm talking about the viewers that came out to see it back in the day, just as much as it meant to me. So going from, you know, Halifax to Victoria to meet and greet the people. Um, And a lot of them had come to 299 Queen Street West because that was one of Sean's questions at every stop. As, and we sh- a raise of hands. Who has actually been to Toronto to two nine? Yes. And half of the audience would put their arms. Of course, up. that's how special this institution was to these people. So I wasn't going to miss miss a date, and I wanted to get out there and meet the people. And there's something about that live experience, right? Like it's one thing you're you're coming to us in the olden days in in, in our living rooms, and nowadays I guess yes. in, on your laptop in your bedroom, whatever. But yeah. right, it's you're always yeah. in our homes, and now suddenly you're seeing the people after all these years in person at every stop, you know, coast to coast. Like, that's really cool stuff. Well, that was one of the most important things, Judy, to me when I was a Much Music VJ, the interaction. You know, we had those windows that raised. We brought the people in. We brought the music lovers in. Not just the bands, but the music lovers, which were the most important part of the ingredient, Mm -hmm. you know, if you think about it. The viewers, the people, they came in. And we welcomed everybody inside. We wanted them to be just as much a part of it as we were. We wanted them to participate. We wanted them to ask questions. So to meet them then and to meet them again now, the heart and soul of Much Music, the viewer, it was very special. Was it sad in Vancouver, your last stop, to like, because this became a thing. Like it became, it took on a life of its own is what's so fascinating. I don't even know if Sean Menard realized at the time that that's what was going to happen. And, yeah. and now for people who haven't seen it, they can still see it on Crave starting this December. It's yeah. going to be on Crave, yeah. which is great. But- it's such a unique thing, you know, Judy, when you release a film, you get it out there for the masses to see. You don't do these cross-country tours first yes. <laughs> um, with those intimate settings for the people to take in live. Yes. So I thought that was really cool. That's not a normal thing to do. And Sean and Molly had that vision in sight to do it that way, to bring it to the Canadians 
who really put much music on the map all those years ago. So yeah, to get out there and do that that way is very special. Now it'll be on Crave on a smaller screen with smaller <laughs> sound, but it'll be just as impactful. Yes, there was something very electric. I'll never forget that night. There was something oh. electric. And I think also yeah. since COVID, when are you with all yes. these people that you know and that you've yeah. worked with over the years in the industry and suddenly you're all there celebrating a part of our childhood. Like this was all of our history, right? It was our generation yeah. and it was just, it was, the it most. was. I love that. It you. was so good to see everybody. Steve Anthony was there that night too. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's Denise true. Donlin. That's yeah. right. Yeah, that's it was very cool. It was the coolest. Let's fast forward now. Well, the, now we're going yes. back actually in time, but, but just in your career yeah. trajectory to the dreamiest of dream jobs when you got that gig, that quintessential oh. gig that made yes. Canadians fall in love with you all over again. And that, of oh. course, was hosting ET Canada for 12 years. And that, oh, right, was, that, with, job. Yeah. that was with another favorite <laughs> guest of ours on this show, Cheryl yeah. Hickey, who I just adored. Cheryl, and sweetheart. you began at ET Canada in its launch with Cheryl. And you were a prominent figure there until 2017. You were a reporter, yes. co-host, providing entertainment news. You were on every red carpet and award show. What was it like getting that job? That, that. that talk about heady experiences. That must have been up there on the, the Richter scale. Oh, that was super duper fun. <laughs> Let me just say, <laughs> start by saying that was that was a blessing, that job. You know, when your first job that you ever know comes to an end, it's like that fear of the unknown. What's next? I was quite afraid to tell you the truth, Judy. I'm not gonna lie. Like leaving much music, a place where I had started my career. And you don't know what the next step looks like at all. I was very afraid. But then I knew I was in good hands when I was meeting the other colleagues on the show, not just in front of the camera, but behind the cameras. We had a good family. I thought I came from a good family at Much Music. Well, I'm entering another wonderful family at ET Canada. Yes, I've and heard um, that. those were some glorious times, some special times. The people were just so, we just wanted to be there to create. And, and everyone was so amazing um, in that respect. It was a different beast, I'll tell you, because. Coming from much music where everything was live, well, now we're going to ET Canada where we're in a, a gorgeous studio with a gorgeous set all day long for a 22-minute pieced show, which was yeah, aired late at night, uh, except the live carpets. Those were all, obviously the carpets, the, the award shows were all live. But now I'm wearing suits and ties <laughs> and I got to take my hat off and I got to wear Italian leather shoes. <laughs> I got to look the part. And we all came from the Mary Hart School of Delivery. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> um, so as you can understand what I'm saying, it was a totally different beast, but a special beast, oh, you know, just the same. That's really one of my favorite shows. And you and Cheryl was oh. my favorite time oh. ever with that show. Oh. You interviewed Thank you, Judy. You're so welcome. You interviewed some of the biggest A-listers and stars during your 12 years at ET Canada. And I'm wondering yes. if I just throw out a couple of names at you, if you can tell me just briefly what it was like interviewing yeah. them or a couple words that come to mind when yeah. I say their names. Star oh, this will be a fun game. Yeah, Tony Bennett. Oh, oh Tony Bennett. Oh. Tony Bennett. I had met Tony Bennett the first time at uh, Much Music. He was being interviewed by Natalie Richard, and I was there as a fan. I'm a fan of Tony Bennett. Yes. And my parents got me on to Tony Bennett. Obviously, they used to listen to Tony and Frank and Dino and the rat, the whole Rat Pack and, oh. and back in that day. But um, Tony Bennett was uh, was a beautiful soul. He really was, and a super talented soul. And, and you know what? That generation of performers and artists, they just 
looked you in the eye, they gave you the time. There was nothing that was going to distract them yes. from your time with them. Yes. And that was very special. And he was a special soul, Tony Bennett. Oh, uh, beloved. But he was in this world. He was in this world and in his world of creating for so many years. And we were so, so honored to have him a part of it. So true. So blessed to have him. Even with yeah, Lady Gaga he, towards the end of his yes. life. That, yes. that, that performance it makes me cry every time I think about it. He just was yes. such a... Wonderful, wonderful person. He was a he was a true pro. That guy, Tony. Oh, Mr. Bennett. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So cool that you got to interview Stephen Tyler from Aerosmith. One of the nicest guys you'll meet in this industry, Stephen wow. Tyler. Another guy that will take the time and make you feel like, yeah, okay, I could walk away from Stephen Tyler now. Like, you know, I'm <laughs> I'm good. Like, he'll give you all the time needed. I've heard so many stories about Stephen Tyler meeting just fans of his music, fans of his work throughout the, around the world. And it's always the same story, like the nicest guy, humble guy, <laughs> but he just goes that extra mile Love to make that. his fans feel all that more special and become bigger fans of his, if that's a way of doing that. Yeah. yeah Steven Tyler is one of the best and a great voice, right? You mentioned the Red Hot Chili Peppers up there with like the coolest, like tingles. Well, those bands that I grew up listening to when I was a teenager, like Nirvana, Pearl Jam, Foo Fighters, like, and that's my genre that I really enjoyed, but I love all genres. I like interviewing all sorts of artists from all sorts of different genres. You know, there was Jay-Z, there was Kanye, there was Rihanna, and that was in just one sitting. Oh my <laughs> but, God. <laughs> yeah, I, I love all, because art, artists are, are making people happy around the world, and that's a respect thing. You got to respect what they're doing. Absolutely. Taylor Swift, you're going to have her on your show when you do your show. Well, well, look at you, Judy. Okay. I that believe be it. Great, wouldn't it? I see it. Yeah, that would be the first show. Yeah. <laughs> Taylor Swift, I, I met the first time we, we were doing the Grammy red carpet. Cheryl was in spot number one for ET Canada. I was on spot number two for ET Canada. Taylor wasn't a big star yet. She didn't even make it to the first spot at ET Canada. She came down to see me at the second spot. Oh. So that tells you how long ago that, that interview was with Taylor Swift. But she was a sweetheart. She was a doll. I think she had her mom with her. Aww. And um, I, again, the same sort of artist who gave you the time, looked you in the eye, yes. wasn't distracted about what was going on around here. She was right into answering your questions. And uh, yeah, now, yeah, I know you're just joking that she'll be on my show, but could you imagine? Um, she's like the biggest star in the world right now. Um, fingers are crossed that I can get her on my show. I, yes. I actually have full confidence in you. How do you like that? And I'm very good at this. Uh, Tom Hanks. Okay, Tom Hanks. He's like an older brother that we all have. Tom Hanks, first of all, he's a genius. Going back to, you know, John Travolta and watching John uh, on Welcome Back, Cotter. Well, I tuned in religiously to watch Bosom Buddies with my mom when I was a kid. And that's one of his starts yes. uh, on, on the small screen on TV. But Tom Hanks has gone on to do so oh. many amazing films that have won Academy Awards. Not just his films, but him as himself as the actor. I love talking to Tom Hanks. I think it's been twice now. And uh, they were just short little junket settings. But Tom Hanks, uh, it never in my eyes, does any wrong. Yes. He can't do any wrong. Well, guess what? That's what people say yes. about you. 
That's what Erica oh. has said about you. Strombo has said oh. about you. They've all said oh. that about you. That you really? that you honestly have the best reputation, oh. the most likable, affable guy out there. So that to me is oh my God. that's the biggest compliment of all, right? You're obviously fabulous oh. on air and as a host and as a media personality, mm. but that to me is the real kicker, right? Oh. Pretty cool. Judy, thank you so much. No, you know what? I treat each other the way I want to be treated. It's pretty simple, right? Yeah. And Jesus taught us all about that. But yeah. that's the simplest ingredient to my approach to life. Like I, and then just obviously compassion. You know, you, yes. you got to feel for you know your fellow human being and yes. and and empathy. And and I always put myself in other people's shoes and it's simple stuff like that. And it's obviously being taught right from wrong from my parents and my older siblings. They, they've contributed a, a whole, a whole lot to who Rick Campanelli is these days. I think you had a great childhood. And I think that also is a very important ingredient in success. It's it, so true. Right? It, it, childhood, if you have a good one, you're so right. You're kind of set. Sure. You're kind of set for life. Uh, Henry Winkler, Fonzie. Oh my God, Henry Winkler. <laughs> What a sweet man. See, I know we're going back. We're going back to this golden era generation of superstars here. Henry Winkler, Arthur Fonzarelli, again, another show, Happy oh. Days, which I watched religiously. Oh. First time I interviewed Henry Winkler, Halif- uh, sorry, other side of the country, Vancouver, Vancouver Film Festival. We were on a red carpet together. He didn't want to stop talking. He was enjoying the conversation <laughs> so much. We were we were rapping all night long. And it's it's the Fonz. It was so 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 cool. But if you meet him, he's totally opposite of his character, the Fonz. He's nothing like the Fonz. Now Fonz was a good guy, but he was a tough macho alpha male guy. Yes. Henry Winkler no. to me was the total opposite. So generous, so giving of his time, such brilliant witty answers. But it's Henry Winkler. Oh my gosh. Oh. It's been a, a number of years since I chatted with him. I hope I get to have him on my podcast. He's next. He's after Taylor. <laughs> okay, there you go, Judy. Okay. I love it. I love where you're going with this. <laughs> I love it. Cher. Like, I think that in itself, what was she like? I think Cher was flirting with me. I really think Cher was flirting. Shock and surprise. <laughs> Although I was probably flirting back, to be honest, <laughs> Judy, I was probably flirting. <laughs> Cher, can you uh, share? What a superstar Cher is. I would watch the Sonny and Cher show oh. as a kid. Now, I'm going back. I always go back. Sorry about that. I, I just like, because I'm, a, I'm super nostalgic. So can you imagine like watching these people as a kid? I, I'm talking five, six, seven years old with your parents, with your older siblings. And then one day sitting across from them conducting a 20 minute interview. It just, it's surreal to me. Totally. So totally. Cher, Cher was another one of those. Like Cher, <laughs> oh, and she is so sassy. Of course she's sassy. It's Cher. Yes. Uh, but I, I, you, you'll never forget her witty answers to questions like, and fast. Yes. And she made me laugh. I think the whole time I was talking to her, I think I've done tw- two interviews with Cher, but she just, that kind of approach, like yes. it doesn't, it's not going to be that serious. We're going to have fun. We're going <laughs> to laugh. We're going to joke around. And that's the way Cher yes. has always been. Oh. I remember watching her with Sonny and that's the way she's always been. I want to see your highlight reel. I don't know if you have a highlight reel wow. about this, but that would be a cool. I don't. Just even these people, we got to put that together because that. Yeah, okay. that's we, a good idea, Judy. Right? You got some great ideas. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm gonna work on that. I'm gonna work on that. We'll, we'll put together like a minute reel or something for sure. 
Is there one that I haven't mentioned or a favorite behind the scenes moment from your time on ET Canada? I know you mentioned being on the set of Vikings in Ireland, I love Ireland, mm-hmm. as up there in, in your highlight reel of stuff. Yeah. Is there a favorite moment that I haven't mentioned or, or that one? You know, let me talk to you about a moment that nobody ever saw. It was a long time ago. I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about this moment. I was in Much Music early one morning preparing for a trip I was taking. So I was doing my last minute research, getting some stuff, files together because there were no cell phones, no, mm-hmm. no devices where I can Google something. And in comes this singer who was on breakfast television that morning because breakfast television was just down the hall from where we were doing Much Music. Sure. So he comes in, he's going to be singing on breakfast television. So he's like warming up his vocal cords, he's singing. And we've been friends ever since that moment. Now, this was going back to maybe 99, 2000, 2001 in there. And he was just in town recently to uh, open up the Christmas festivities oh, at the Eden Center. I have Center. The shivers. I know who you're going to say. Michael Bublé. Michael Bublé. Oh. I met Michael at in the environment at Much Music. He was on this tour called Forever Plaid or Forever Swing. Yeah. It was a crooner's tour. It was a show, but Michael was a part of it. He was part of the cast. And he wasn't Michael Bublé yet. Mm. You know, Judy, what I'm talking yes. about? He hadn't hit that superstardom yet. Yes. He was just doing these other gigs. So, Michael, <sighs> what a moment that was to meet someone. And even if he didn't go on to, you know, rule the world in his genre, I could still see Michael and I remaining friends. You know, sure, we're friends. And he hit the jackpot with his career, as we all know. But he's still the nicest guy <sighs> And he's, again, the the common denominator, he likes to have a lot of fun, (laughs) as you know. He's always cracking jokes. If you follow him on Instagram, you see how witty and fun he is, just like me. I love that (laughs) approach to things as well. We're not serious. He's got a beautiful family. You know, he invited my wife and I to his wedding, not the one in Argentina, but the one out in Vancouver. It was very special. He's been in touch and he's, he's been a great guy. So that that's a special moment. And that didn't even happen in front of the camera. Um, Sometimes it's those behind the scenes moments that stay with you as well. That's lovely. I'm so glad you shared that with us. That's so awesome. I was so fortunate to meet him that morning. Oh, that's amazing. There's been so many things. I know we have so much to talk about. I'm just going to briefly say this. There there was a lot of excitement about your gig as Star of Traders Canada, an exciting, dramatic TV oh. show that you've described as getting yeah. good numbers and ratings and one that makes for great excitement <laughs> and entertainment. It's you, a pretty cool show. <laughs> a bit of a mind mess, but it's a pretty unique show. Yeah. You were on that for five episodes. You got voted off yes. in the fifth episode. Can you just oh. briefly tell us about what that was like? Because it sounds like very fun. Before you do that, we're going to go on a short commercial break. We'll be right back with Rick Campanelli right after this. Back in a moment. Finding Your Bliss is brought to you by Create, Canada's leading fertility center for over 25 years. Create is here for anyone struggling with infertility or in need of assisted reproductive technology to have children. Create is about cutting-edge science from highly skilled doctors. In unprecedented times like these, Create is about ensuring the safety of all patients and staff. Create has made important changes to protect you by ensuring social distancing, wearing masks, as well as screening before entering. So what about the bundle of joy that you've been hoping would come into your family? Create Fertility Center is here for you. Visit createivf.com to keep up with the latest changes and learn about Create Fertility Center's comprehensive care for every fertility journey. Keep safe and healthy during these challenging days, remembering that life is about moments that we create together. 
We are back and this is Finding Your Bliss on Zoomer Radio AM 740. And I was just asking you, Rick, about your new show, The Traders Canada. What was that like? It's a fun, it was a fun experience. I always wanted to do a reality competition show. It's ironic because I was against them because I thought that was what was ruining much music back in the day when I was younger. But now... I'm on one. I'm part of the cast. I'm one of 20. That was part of the first season for the Traders Canada. Awesome. And it was a cool experience. Like I said, very psychological uh, game. I don't like when people talk behind my back. <laughs> I've never liked that. <laughs> and that's what the show is all about. You know, people, you know, is, is this person a traitor? I suspect him. So yeah, I was suspected as being a traitor. And spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it yet, I got banished at the round table on episode five. The finale is coming up, actually, depending on when this show is airing. Awesome. That's very, very cool. In 2016, I remember reading an article about you. You described your family, your three beautiful boys, your very beautiful wife, Angie. And you described all of you as being a very adventurous family. And I'm wondering what you meant by that. Well, we we don't let any opportunity pass, any opportunity. Like we like to travel. We like to try different things. And I think if you like to try different things and like to explore, well, that goes hand in hand with adventure, you know, because you don't know what to expect with anything. So that's the way we're adventurous. And we don't bubble wrap our kids. We do everything with them from a young age, even now. My eldest is 18, who's with his mom full time, and they're on the other side of Toronto. My, my wife Angie and I have two little guys, nine and seven, and we're on the west side of Toronto. So I don't get to see my eldest too much, but when we're all together, it is a beautiful time together uh-huh. that we have. But with my little guys, yeah, like we've shown, shown them the world. We were very fortunate, fortunate to take them with us on gigs. And like my parents did for me. When my parents traveled, I think that's where I got my bug, my, the itch to travel. The, the travel bug was through my parents. They always took us where they were going, whether it was to visit family in Italy, whether it was to vacation down in Florida or nice. road trips to other parts of North America. Like they created that bug in me and I want to put that into my kids awesome. and, and take them wherever we go. So that's where the adventurous side, I guess, comes from. I love that. You met your wife. So I know that you're the on-camera person. She's the experienced TV producer from Breakfast Television that you just mentioned where you met Buble for the first time. Entertainment Tonight Canada, the Marilyn Dennis show. You both had a very romantic date in New York City where you had a bottle of white, a bottle of red, and a bottle of rosé instead (laughs) in the spirit of one of your favorite artists, Billy Joel. Do you remember that beautiful date with Angie? Can you tell us about that? Love that. And that's when she was a drinker. So we needed all those (laughs) bottles. (laughs) After that beautiful, very, like you said, romantic dinner in Little Italy on Mulberry Street, well, we went to Rockefeller Center and we laced on our skates and we did that wonderful skate. And it was around Christmas time back then, 2008, 2009, whenever it was. So it was, if you've been to New York City around Christmas, around the holiday season, you know how romantic that city is. Lights everywhere. So... Oh, gosh. Uh, The best. I I fell in love instantly in in a matter of minutes with her. Oh, that's so awesome. Well, she's absolutely... (laughs) In that setting. Absolutely beautiful. I'm just going to briefly say this, but you you grew up 
very active, doing activities like biking, soccer, tennis, baseball. Oh my gosh, yeah. And yeah. often five members of your six-member family would be outside playing soccer. So you had like a built-in <laughs> soccer team. That's so cool. We all played soccer at the same time, and my mom would drive us around to all the different stops. <laughs> that is so awesome. Do you still have a favorite sports fantasy that you'd love to fulfill? Well, I took my dad and my oldest son to the World Cup in oh, Qatar oh, for the last World Cup wow. just around a year ago, around this time. Oh. And and that was always a dream. And that dream came true. But maybe the Super Bowl one day. I've never been yeah. to an actual Super Bowl. And this one coming up in February is in Las Vegas. I like Las Vegas. I've frequented Vegas a few times. <laughs> so can you imagine Super Bowl in Vegas? Yeah. You I do think a that's show the there. Right you now. do a remote show there. You could do a remote show right there from right Vegas. Right then and there, sports and the fabulous singer, whoever they're going to be. Judy, you have all the ideas. <laughs> you want to help me with my new project? My goodness. You have all the ideas. We talked you're before brilliant. about you wearing a suit and that handsome <laughs> yeah. face on the TV screen, but you're also as comfortable in a baseball cap and shorts. Oh, yeah. And you, you've even been involved in fashion. You once designed T-shirts. Well, <laughs> is that true? As a kid, well, look at you. You've done your research, hey? Wow. I didn't even start that company. But when I was a teenager, I was, I, I was very artistic. I, I minored in art in university, majored in phys ed. But I've always been artistic, creative. And my, I find my two young sons are now these days, which is kind of cool. But yeah, I was designing my own T-shirts, wow. tough thread, tough Tough boy threads, tough boy threads. <laughs> oh, so embarrassing. T-U-F-F, you spelt it T-U-F-F. T-U-F-F, you got it. I spelt yeah. it T-U-F-F, tough. <laughs> <laughs> you had to stick out and be different, right? <laughs> I do know how to spell tough, but I spelt it that way for my thread. I love my that. clothing line. You're also a very popular MC at charity events and, and you're very outward focused, you and your wife and your family, which is so amazing. Aww. You're a big dreamer. But I also feel I that am. you're also a real make it happen kind of person, which is the best combo, to. right? It's not just dreaming. You have to. It's doing. Yeah. And what drives you so relentlessly? Well, I'll tell you why I'm so much of a go-getter. My parents gave us the best advice when we were kids and still do to this day. The mountain is not going to come to you. You're going to have to go to that mountain. If you want to accomplish something, if you want to tackle something in life, you got to go after there and get it. You got to go to it. I lost my mom eight years ago. I'm sorry. And, and my mom was a huge part of my life. You know, when you lose a parent, uh, it's tough. I was in some dark days there losing my mom. And I did everything with my mom. Um, you know, I, I was a shy kid. I used to hide behind my mom at, at big events. Oh, um, I'm so But my dad sorry. to this day says, you go after your dreams because you're not just going to be handed them on a silver platter. You got to go make it happen for yourself. So absolutely, I, I still take all the advice from my dad. He's going to be 88 in a few months. He's still so active. He still makes things happen for himself and talk about the ultimate role model. Well, it's my father and my mom. When my mom was around, they, they, they showed me how to do things the right way. And um, I'm always after the next, you know, you have to be. Yeah. We're only and this is another thing my dad continues to tell me. We're only, we only live once. We only go around this ride once, but once is enough if you do it the right way. 100%. 100%. You know, You're a Capricorn like born on January 5th. Yes. And what that means, uh, you may not be into it. I don't know if Capricorns are <laughs> into it. I'm into it. But uh, you are easygoing and you're likable oh, yeah. and you're affable and you're all those things. And you're also 
very easy on the eyes. And also people just naturally like you, but as well, uh, you're confident. And I'm wondering, is that something that you were born and bred that you just were, or is it something you had to work on? No, never. I don't even think I'm, you know what? I've never been that confident. I always found confidence to be a bit of a negative, which is not right at all because you need to be confident, Mm -hmm. but not arrogant or showy or, you know what I'm, you know what I'm trying to say, but you do need to have that confidence. And I learned right away that I needed it when I was doing live television, you do need it. But no, I was always a shy kid growing up. And into this day, you have to be, you know, when you go on a reality game competition show, you have to be confident. When, when you apply for a new job, you have to be confident. When you start a new podcast, you have to have a degree of confidence for sure but that's not the major part of the pie that makes up Rick Campanelli, I don't think. Those other traits that you talked about earlier, I think those are better approaches in life as people, as humans. The confidence kicks into high gear when I need it, that's for sure. But I try to keep it on on the back burner in the back seat Mm -hmm. until it's needed. But um, all those other characteristics, it's an honor to have those describe Rick Campanelli. and, And that's the approach in life that I want. And he's humble too. <laughs> that's the best. <laughs> that's the best, best part. But wait, are you a Capricorn as I'm well? I'm a Pisces. I'm a Pisces, but I get along very You're well. Pisces. Very well with Capricorn. We're good, good, good uh, connections. Well, that's the thing with Capricorn. You could be any other sign. <laughs> I'm going to get along with you. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. <laughs> and you're going to get along with me. <laughs> you like it or not. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. Oh, I'm just joking. There's a lot of people who admire you, are dazzled by you. If you had to give some advice to someone entering the industry, or maybe even someone in our audience who's wanting to reimagine their career at any age, in their 40s and, and, and beyond, what advice do you have for them on just how to go for it? You know, you do have to remain true to yourself and you have to be you. You are the one that got you there in the first place. Like, for example, with Moses and and Denise, like they saw something in me back then in the mid 90s. And that's who I've remained. I'm pretty sure I've been that same guy uh, all those years ago. And that's close to 30 years ago now. Never change who you are. Mm People notice that. People see that. And it's usually changed for the worse. 99.9% of the time, it's changed for the worse. And I'm talking ego and I'm talking people get a little too big for the riches. You know what I'm saying? Like you've seen it before. So remain true to yourself. Be the person that you are inside. Hold on. That, you know, there's something to say about integrity, you know, go after what you want your passion. If you're following your dreams, your passion, and you get a gig, you're never working a day in your life because it's what you want to do. I've never gone to work a day in my life because I, in those 23 years, 11 at much, 12 at ET Canada, that's where I wanted to be. It was a dream come true. And they paid me for it too. Like that's crazy. But yeah, just all those little things. I know they all sound corny, but that worked for me. What is bliss for Rick Campanelli? My family. My family and me being around family, that's bliss. Give me that. Give me that. I'll be in bliss land (laughs) or whatever you want to call it forever. It's been a real real honor talking to you today. I want to thank you very, very much. It was just lovely. Judy, this was just more, this was more than a talk. Like this was like a a spiritual (laughs) session for me, if you know what I'm saying. This was amazing. You know, a lot came out. And you know so much. I didn't even know half that stuff about me. So <laughs> <laughs> thank you for educating me. 
Thank you, Rick. Wow. <laughs> Thank you, Judy. What Good is stuff. The, what is the best way for people to contact you and connect with you on social media? Well, you know what? I do Instagram, Instagram most of the time, and I've got all my information on Instagram. I'm always, I'm just a DM away. Uh, I think I left my email address on there too. And uh, if anyone needs to reach out to me, uh, and people do, and I love that, uh, Instagram is the best place. Awesome. Thank you so yeah. much. Each week we spotlight a fabulous person like Rick Campanelli, who is living their bliss, truly, and a great person at the same time. So if you're an author, artist, yoga, meditation, or mindfulness expert, or really anybody who has found that is following their bliss, we'd love to hear from you. We also love to feature singer songwriters or musicians on the show. If you're a singer, please reach out to us. Also, what did you love about today's show? That's going to be easy. And are there any guests <laughs> or topics you'd like us to feature on Finding Your Bliss? Write to us at fyb at findingyourbliss.com. I'm also a life coach. If I can help you in any way, please let me know. You can reach out. I knew it. I knew you were a life coach. I knew it. She had to be. I was saying that the whole time. She's got to be a life coach. <laughs> and as well, I'm on Insight Timer, the number one free meditation app. And of course, you can always follow us on Instagram at The Bliss Minute and on Facebook as well. I would love to thank our wonderful guest, Rick Campanelli, for being on the show today. Also, thank you to Meg Ruffman, Siobhan Kiley, producer Olivia Weatherall, audio engineer Juliana Yanitsiello, senior editor Lauren Kaminsky, video editor Sierra Brown-Rodriguez, audio producer Faz Kazi and everyone here at Zoomer. And of course, a big thank you to our sponsor, the Create Fertility Center. For everyone here, I'm Judy Liebrach, reminding you all to take one step closer to finding your bliss. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.